Okay, so today's topic is managing expectations. And Scott, you deal with this a lot because you have a lot of hyped up would-be investors that come to you and are like, hey, I want uh, a million properties or a million doors within one year. And it's just not possible. So we have to, we're, 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 what we're going to do is we're going to break down the steps of managing or what, what entails managing your expectations when it comes to developing a real estate portfolio. This yeah. is key. Not, yeah, not huge. getting, you know, a property or, you know, one or two. This is like, you know, I think we're going to talk about starting to develop like a real estate investing career, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different. I don't want to talk about, you know, just getting one, but it starts with one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The overall picture of this whole, I guess, series, if you want to call it, is going to be talking about how do we actually get from point A to point B and point B is I, I, even even point Z. You know, that yeah, entails yeah. like accumulating a good amount of property and we have to set and manage expectations from the onset in order to get there. Yeah. 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 So that we understand what it takes. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you don't have the right expectations to start, a mm-hmm. lot of people are going to get frustrated and just, and just quit. They're exactly. never going to get to Z or they'll buy one or two and then quit yeah. or whatever the case is because it's not fast enough for exactly. them. So yeah. managing expectations and becoming a real estate investor. First, it starts with mindset. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that, invest in real estate or buy a property or two, whatever, but they're not investors. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying by that? An investor is a mindset. And let's talk about some things that let's talk about some mindsets that make you an investor. Okay. Yeah. So, so what I've noticed in, in my career as I, I don't even like the word investor. And, and the reason why I don't like the word investor is because investor makes things sound like it's a little bit more passive and and you and I both manage property and or ha- and I don't personally manage my property anymore. But even though I don't manage my own property anymore, it's still not passive. And I have like a mm-hmm. team of people to do it. Yeah, it's still not well, passive. That, that, that might be true. For, so I don't think of it that way. That might be true for some people. Maybe it's a a, a word that gives that connotation to people and makes people think it's too mm. whatever passive or something yeah. like that. So I know what you mean by that. So I I feel yeah. like I feel like for me. Like real estate business, real estate operator, whatever. Yeah. You know I like, what I mean? Like yeah, that's what cool. I, I, I've always aspired to run my real estate like a business. Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel is like, that's, that's where I feel like my yeah. advantages have come you know, from. And I feel like that's an important mindset is yeah, I like it. when you manage your real estate like a business and not an investment. Okay. I feel like that is the proper mindset cool. and, yeah. and running a business is tough. And you need the mindset and you need, you need to wrap your head around the fact that this is not easy. It, you need thick skin. You, you, you need to understand that you might get woken up in the middle of the night because you have to, you know, put out a fire. You might have to, not a literal fire, but you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you have to understand that operating a business is very difficult mm-hmm. and you Especially have to, to start. Yeah. It's, and it's active. First, it's very it's active. It's very active. It's very tough. You're dealing with people. And when you deal with people, people are tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it, they, they bring a lot of problems. Yeah. And yeah. And thinking back, like, you know, when I started investing in, in stocks and stuff 10 years ago, I didn't like the word investor either. So I know what you mean because yeah. it, because I, that was too slow for me. Yeah. But as I've grown and evolved, now investors come to mean something else. So if you're new and, and you're listening to this and the word investor makes you think, um, it's passive and slow, then that's the wrong mindset. But if you have the right idea of investor, which is let, let me break down my thoughts of an investor. Mm. Number one, it's long term. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's forever. Like I'm an investor forever. I'm never going to not invest. I don't care if, if I was a billionaire, I'd probably still invest because mm-hmm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. And because whenever you have money as an investor, you look to put it to work. That's what mm-hmm. an investor is. I think they're just somebody that, that puts their money to work, whether mm-hmm. it's stocks, real estate, starting a business, um, whatever the case is. So, um, what are your thoughts on on that kind of breakdown? Yeah, so um, I agree with you. The problem, though, is um, my I real estate. Like, so say for example, I have a bank account that holds my real estate, well, multiple bank accounts. But say I take one bank account, or I take one. Say I just take my real estate company, the overall umbrella. If you were to take the financials from my real estate company and compare them to one of my other companies, it's the same shit, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't have the same 
like on paper look and feel if you had like a stock portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not the fucking same. So you have expenses, you have payroll, you have, uh, you know, all, all these different, you know, you have income, you have expense. Like it, it's great. Like it literally runs the exactly the same way. So on paper, the reason why I say this is a business and it's not an investment is because when you compare stocks and bond, whatever, like those type of assets to real estate, it doesn't look the same gotcha. on paper. It actually looks closer, way closer to an actual to business. operational business. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you have those styles of financials, in place, you have to run it like a business. Mm. It is no longer an investment. Cool. cool. That's th- that's why I feel like people don't understand uh, when they talk about investment. They talk about it being passive. That is literally the reason why is because I run other businesses that are you know for profit businesses, and I also have real estate investments. And real estate investments look much different than investments than they do real estate or uh, sorry actual companies Mm -hmm. this runs like an actual company and when you have a well-oiled machine as a company that's making money the financials are strong it's a strong company it's not a strong investment Mm -hmm. you get what i mean yeah does that make sense well that's why i kind of look at it a little bit different so when i'm talking about wrapping your head around this mindset when people are like i want to be a real estate investor for me what they're really saying is, or what they should wrap their head around is, I want to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's my personal experience with it. Mm-hmm. But now other people may not see it that way because they may not own an, a, a, another type of business. You get what I mean? Yeah, they might So it might understand. be, yeah, it might be actually difficult to see it that way. But I will tell you this. If you have the mindset going into real estate and you're going to operate it like a true business, that is by far the most successful mindset to have bar none, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not an investment. Because when you do things for investment purposes, you could get caught. When you do things for business purposes, it's much, much easier to do and and, and make the right moves. Okay. So break that down. What's an example of of how an investor might have the wrong So number one thing, and I know we've talked about this before, but you know how we've talked about like sacrificing you know, cash flow for location. Mm-hmm. Actually, in our last podcast, when we when we say sacrifice cash flow for location, we're not talking about no cash flow. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you still need cash flow, but maybe you don't need the eight percent. Maybe you're you're going to settle for the five or six for a better location because mm-hmm. in the long run, you're going to make way more money mm-hmm. on the investment side mm-hmm. of real estate. But you still need to operate that real like estate a like a business mm-hmm. and businesses need to make money to survive, thereby needing cash flow. Mm-hmm. The cash flow is the revenue of the business, right? And yeah, you still sense. need that. You, you, so, so when people are talking about investments, they might get into a scenario where, hey, the location is like stellar, but the, the thing doesn't make any money. Mm-hmm. That might not be the best move. Might not be the right, yeah, might not be the right mindset. Not not for beginners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that might be a a scenario where like, say for example, myself, you know, I've bought in some real estate that does not make money. If anything, it costs me money. Mm -hmm. But down the road, I know that that even a couple thousand dollars a a year I'm losing on that particular real estate because it's not cash flowing positive. I know down the road, I'm going to make a shit ton more money. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. Like it is not for beginners we're talking about more so beginners how to start managing expectations this is what this is about we're not talking to people that have like multi-million dollar existing portfolios where this this series is about how people are going to manage expectations as they start their career that's it yeah so your your ex your expectation coming in is i'm gonna whatever i purchase whatever investment i make is going to be with a business mindset, it's got to make money. <clears throat> it's got to be um, in the right location. It's got to have good employees or tenants, yeah. right? Like I got to get the right people in there because yeah. if you're starting a business, you got to hire good people, yeah. right? L- look at it. Look at it like this: like your real estate is a product and service. Okay, you have to provide good product, Love right? It. Love it. Yeah. You have to. You have to sell it good. Mm-hmm. You have. You have to be good at selling it, and you have to differentiate. So one of the things that I did when I first came out was it was very simple. Right. When, when I started, there was a gluttony of rentals on the market. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I rehabbed them a little bit above what that unit would command, 
but I charged the same amount. It mm-hmm. gave me a small competitive advantage, and lo and behold, I was fully rented for a while. Mm-hmm. You need a competitive advantage no matter what it is. You can't just like buy real estate and be like, oh, here you go. Yeah, you're it, com- doesn't, it doesn't really yeah. work like that. You might run into issues. So, so I actually don't refer to my real estate as like investments or properties. I actually refer to it as product. Mm-hmm. I, love, and, I like and that the, mindset. And the smartest yeah. people that I've ever talked to regarding real estate have always, that's what I picked it up from. Mm-hmm. I, I literally referred, I, I heard them referring to their real estate as product. And when you refer to your, your real estate as product, you have a different mindset. It. it turns yeah. into a business and you have to differentiate your product or service or you're not going to be successful in the business world. And what are you going to do to do that? So you have to come from like a different perspective. Yeah. You have to like offer something that people want, not, or, or you're just going to get lost. You're, you're going to get lost in the gluttony that's available. Yeah. Now, now, right now, people are very lucky because there's, you know, an outrageous surge in the real estate markets right now, right? And especially in Canada. Now, that that's a dangerous thing because a lot of people are going to think that they're great real estate investors right now, yeah. and they actually might not be. Everybody's a genius in a bull market. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why that's why I feel like the people that started in you know the 2007, 2008, 2009 crashes or, or the you know the shit. Even it, yeah. we didn't crash in Canada, but it was still shit, especially in our location for different reasons. But um, I feel like when you when you go into a market like this with the mindset from back then. It, it, it makes for an easier, uh, you know, journey. Yeah. Right now you can kind of buy anything and, and look like a yeah, genius. Exactly. And a lot of people are making mistakes because I'm an agent and I see like a thousand properties a month. I can spot something that's just slightly better mm-hmm. than the average property, or the average rental. It's not yeah. that hard. And most people can. And if it's not slightly better, you can make it slightly better yeah. by just doing some, some light yeah. renovations or, or whatever. Right. So, yeah. uh, I love that. Look at it as a product yeah, because sure. here's the thing. People are comparison shoppers. Here's what I do. If I go buy anything, let's say I'm going to buy a um, a table. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hop on Amazon. I'm going to hop on a few different sites. I'm going to say, what's this price for? What's that price for? Mm-hmm. What do I get for this price? And yeah. then I'm going to make a decision. You don't think people are doing that for rentals? For sure. I can get this for 1600 I get this for 1650 This one's a little bit better. I'll pay the extra money or whatever yeah. the case is. Or it's priced the same, yeah. but it's got stainless steel appliances. At the, at, if you boil it down to the its purest form, your real estate is a product and you're providing a service to the tenant. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's service too. And you're yeah. selling it. Mm-hmm. So how is this different? It's not. It's not it's different. Not. And that's why I feel you need to have a business mindset mm-hmm. versus an investor mindset. Yeah, love it. That, that's love why. It. That, mm-hmm. that, now that's my personal perspective on it. Yeah, let's, let's take this then. Let's say I love <laughs> what you said about business. I actually, I wasn't really thinking of it that way, even though I do yeah. subconsciously. But let's say, let's take that. You take a business mindset to your purchases. And then an investor mindset is everything I do is for long term. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people that call themselves investors, but they're out there flipping properties yeah. and they buy a property and they sell it after a year because they're up 50 grand. That's like, that's not investing to me. That's mm-hmm. just trading. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's quick. It's, um, it's so, quick so, cash. So, let, and that like, yeah, so let's do it. Let's do a transition yeah. into like, um, so we, 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 we've kind of like, I think, I think we've, we've exhausted the point. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, I think we've, I think we've, uh, I think we've driven home the fact that yeah. like the proper mindset yeah. of why I feel or what I feel you need to do. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with this. When I started thinking about my real estate that way, that's when my portfolio exploded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, a great mindset. Yeah. So, so take it for what it is. Maybe it works for me. Maybe it won't work for you or anybody else. But at the end of the day, when I started refer, like when I started going down that path of having that mindset for my real estate portfolio, it, 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 it did me very well. It's yeah, a good point. Yeah. So, uh, number two that we're going to talk about after, uh, the mindset or developing the proper mindset for developing a successful, you know, portfolio or whatever is, um, having realistic timelines, which is exactly translates into probably what you're referring to is, uh, you know, having the investor type of, mindset from mindset. your perspective yeah, yeah. where people need to have a longer t- outlook on what they're doing and understand that this doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So go like you and you have a lot more experience with, with this than I do. I do have experience with this because a lot of people hit me up on Instagram and wherever, and, you know, even, you know, 
doesn't matter wherever, like a lot on social and they tell me what their goals are and their goals are outrageously unrealistic. And yeah, you get a lot of people. Yeah. That, let's break it down there. I love big goals, but like yeah. you got to understand where you are at in your personal life, your experience <clears throat> level, your income level, how much money do you have saved up and, and everything else. So when we say realistic expectations, we're, we're not saying small goals. We're no. saying like realistic expectations for where you are now. So if you only have money for one property, then you should focus on one property. Yeah. And if you want to quit your job, you should focus on, okay, buying as many properties over the next five to 10 years as possible while working your job and saving money and building relationships and that type of thing. Yeah. If you like, come in thinking you're going to do it super quick relative to where you are at in life, you're going to get frustrated and probably quit. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, us, us as humans, I remember watching something from a, a psychologist, and that that does happen. I, I don't remember exactly what how they were breaking it down, but if you set goals that are like so outrageously, you know, unattainable, mm. and you 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 set that goal, you don't accomplish it, but you're so far from it. You know, like there's like these these common quotes that are like, you know, set set your goals. Uh, shoot, shoot for the, the moon, shoot for the moon, and, and land miss, in the stars or whatever the, the stars. Fuck. Yeah, I don't even know if that makes any shoot sense. Shoot for the I'm, moon. I'm pretty sure you... the fucking stars are further than the moon. I don't well, know. You'd be among the stars. I'm not fucking. I'm no. I'm no like you know. <laughs> we believe astrologist or anything, but I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I think you're right. So, so shoot for the moon, and you'll land among the stars or whatever. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is like a lot of people will like shoot for the moon and like land in like you know the mud. Chatham. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like they're they're too far. They're too fucking far from their goal and then they just get very discouraged and then they quit. Yeah. Right. So, so real estate is very easy to, to actually set realistic timelines because it's a factor of a couple things we're going to get into a little bit later, but it's a factor of developing a strategy adaptation to your market and funding. So, mm. so developing the right strategy to allow yourself, uh, to like wrap your head around the attainable goals that you're setting for yourself is very important. And, and, and you see it the most is like, well, yeah, this is, this is specifically <coughs> for beginners. Once you get good at whatever you do, you yeah. can start probably b- building bigger goals. For and if sure. you miss them, you miss them, but yeah. those goals can propel you when you're good. Yeah. But when you're a beginner, I know again, man, I know who I was as a beginner and this is what I went through, um, which is the, my goals were too big and they frustrated me and I ended up doing nothing. Yeah. So this is more specifically for beginners, but um, sorry, what was the question? Huh? What, you, what was the question you'd asked? Did I ask a question? I thought so. I th- no, I, th- I think it was just like, because you get a lot of people, like you're an investor-specific realtor. Yeah, yeah. And you get a shit ton of people literally coming to you mm. with, that want to invest, but they have like these fucked up my like mindsets, like timelines, all this stuff. Like, And again, yeah. like when I've been to a lot of these real estate uh, co- not courses, but like I've, I've been invited to speak a couple times and stuff like that. And people come up to me after and they tell me about their goals. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy even talking about? Like, like <laughs> yeah. it, it took me, I'll give you guys, I'll give everybody an example here. Okay. So I've been investing since about 2000. I don't know if it was 2007 or eight. I don't remember exactly, but maybe say 2007. It's been a while. So that's like what, 13, 14 years ago. It took me a solid fucking 10 years maybe seven, eight, maybe eight to 10 years to actually acquire enough property to like supplement my, my income if I should choose. Just retire, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Or yeah. whatever, right? To actually like live off of the management of or or the, the income, income yeah. coming from my properties, right? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, I, and I was in a position to acquire those properties. Mm-hmm. And I was in... A position where I was literally for the first solid three or four or five years of fuck, maybe even more, probably five, uh, first five years, six years of an economy that was like literally in the shit. And then gradually at that mark, maybe the five year mark after getting into it, it slowly started to incline. Mm-hmm. So then slowly and then now, now it's just like hyper climbing right now, right? So, so it was very important for me in the beginning to buy property that was good quality in good locations that cash flowed Mm -hmm. because there was no appreciation appreciation. So, so this is why, you know, I preach that kind of stuff because we could go back to that. Like there might be a scenario where, you know, the appreciation stops 
And then we're back there. That's why I feel like it's very important for people to like understand where we're coming from mm-hmm. and understand that, like, like you mentioned, it's very easy to be good at real estate right now. Mm-hmm. It's actually been very easy for the last, like, probably fuck, I don't even know, eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's been, been very right. easy. So, so that's why I'm cautiously optimistic as you mm-hmm. put it all the time. Right. So, cause I remember the shit and it's the shit that allowed me to build to what I am yeah, now the, because the point, I bought the right. The shit. point was it took a decade for sure. Like, like for me, even myself, I've been a like I've been going hard, and I was in a really good position to start because I worked a government job for eleven years. I had savings, I had money. I, I was able. I've been at this like aggressively for four or five years straight. Yeah, now buying more properties than I ever thought I could in five years. But I'm still not. Uh, I'm close, but I'm not really at that goal yet. So for the beginner investor coming in. Like to to think they're gonna just come on, come in and be financially free in a year or two is just not not the most uh, for sure. It's not helpful to them. No, it's not helpful to them, and that's <clears throat> no. fine. Ten years isn't that long. It's not. It, it is, but it isn't. It went like, by like it, that it goes for by me. super quick. Yeah. And and then like if you're 25, you're gonna be 35 and financially free. Like take a 10 year time frame for sure. One a year for 10 years is an yeah. easy place to kind of start. And I also think people see a lot of people getting like very rich from real estate, mm-hmm. where they're driving around and you know fucking you know people people see you know maybe maybe yeah. my shit or or other people's stuff and they you know they or got me it from, my 2009 Beamer. <laughs> they got it from real estate and they're like, well, I want that. And they're like, I want it now. Yeah. And they want it now. And they're like early twenties. Okay. You start now. Yeah. And then maybe when you're, you know, 20 yeah, years down 10 the years, road, you'll be there. No maybe problem. not there. I think that that's even a stretch. I mean, you could get there if you're in the right markets, you're doing the right shit all the time, mm-hmm. nonstop, mm-hmm. but 10 years to be like filthy rich off mm-hmm. real estate, it might be a stretch. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think people need to understand. Uh, yeah. Like I think they need to manage their expectation of timelines timeline, yeah. and, and understand, okay, well, if I want to be at this, even if you want to be at this pay, this point in one year, two years, five years, 10 years, doesn't matter what your goals are. Okay. Well then break it down. How are you actually going to get there in 10 years? Like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. So I think the next thing that we need to talk about is, you know, let's talk about a strategy. So I think one of the most important things that people don't really take into consideration is. Yeah, real estate's great, but there's so many different things that people can be doing with real estate. And I have I have some very, you know, maybe interesting strategies that I've used. But go ahead with what you feel like where you cut where you have would be investors coming in and they're like, hey, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this, and you're like, well, hey, that doesn't really actually like work here very well. Yeah, like because part of developing a strategy that works for you also relates to the current market, market conditions, current market conditions yes. and current location of that market. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about certain strategies that, um, like, well, let's bring you might want to choose if you're a specific type of person, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, not every strategy is for you. No, I don't know who needs to hear this, but a lot of people yeah. do. You might not have the time or the will or the energy to be doing reno- full renovation jobs. Exactly. And if you don't want to do that and that's all you're looking for, or you don't have the skill or, or time to do it, then you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I learned this the hard way, you know, by doing stuff that I didn't really like doing. I, I was working a full time job and going at night and like rehabbing a flip, that, yeah. you know, as one of my first investments. I hated it. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I'm like, I'm never, I'd ever want to do this again. So <laughs> I just started investing in like for, for my specific uh, strategy. Another thing. So, so uh, there's a good analogy here, right? Like if you, if anybody watches basketball, if you see James Harden, he does these step back three pointers and he's really, or Steph Curry, right? They do these step yeah. back threes. Like if you watch Steph Curry, doing these step back threes and hitting them. It doesn't mean you should be out on the court doing step back. Yeah. Like you, you're not Steph Curry. You're not James Harden. You're not these people that you're watching. Maybe that's not your skill set. Maybe you're better in, in a different area of the game, or maybe you have different skill sets, or maybe you have different amounts of time. Like f- do your own thing, figure out who you are as an investor and, and start going that down that path. Now we talked about also adapting to your market. Here's the, the market's not going to adapt to you. The market doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. So you're sitting there saying, Oh, it can't keep going up or can't keep doing this. It can't keep, I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to, the market doesn't care what you think. You can't adapt every strategy to, to a specific, um, market. Mm-hmm. So like I've been telling people for the last little bit, like you, 
like given the current climate in Windsor, I don't care about anywhere else and I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But right now, the best strategy is to to buy and hold turnkey properties. If you get yeah. something with a little bit of value add, great. But like, don't really worry about it too much. Like, there's not enough supply. There's a lot of demand. Just buy and hold, and you're going to make twenty mm-hmm. percent gains this year. Now, if that changes, I'll change my strategy yeah. and I'll change my advice. But until it changes, I'm going to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think they have this power to like change the market or something like that, or, or time yeah. it or, or whatever. I, I, so think I think a lot of it. Mistake. I think a lot of it comes down to like. There, there's these guys that preach this specific strategy. Yeah, that's the fucking point. problem. Yeah. Is they preach point. the strategy and they're like, no, you're gonna get rich using this strategy. And then lo and behold, you got these these people that are in these markets and they're like, okay, we gotta go after this strategy. And they're so blinded to everything else around them where that might make yeah. them successful in yes. that market that they're, they're they're relating to this fucked up guru. Or whatever, yeah. or this coach, and they're like indoctrinated in this. Okay, we got to do like this yeah. burst strategy. It's, it's like whatever. taking a um, a square peg and trying to fit it into yeah. a round hole. That strategy, I'm not knocking the strategy. Yeah. The strategy is right, but this particular market here, what's happening right now, this is a better strategy here. Now the problem is, is when people come to me as a, I'm not just an agent, I'm an advisor, right? I I'm an expert in this market. I'm out there every day. And I'm going to tell you, like, here's the best strategy for this market. I know what you've heard. I understand that strategy. If the market was different, I would agree with them. Yeah. But here's what you should do in this market. They can't. Yeah. They can't. No, no. I, I need to do. <laughs> it needs to be the 1% rule. It needs to be a burr. I need to do a value add. I. It has to be. I, I've watched the videos. Yeah, but man, I've been investing for five years. Yeah. I'm in this market every day. I see what's happening from the ground level. Like, if you don't trust my advice, then why are we working together? Yeah. Like, why are you even bothering, right? So. Yeah. The people that have trust in me have done have done more well um, than the people that don't because the people that don't listen to what I'm saying, like one of my strategies, again, it's just been buy and hold. Don't worry about the burr, man. Just buy and freaking hold mm-hmm. over the past three years. And and the ones that haven't done that, they've been waiting for that burr for, for six and eight months. And yeah. the market's rising 10 grand a week right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I've been – I've learned to adapt – to my market and if you want to uh do a burst strategy then you have to go somewhere where that where that happens to work but you're gonna get a trade-off yeah because maybe that burr in that market is uh, is a dead market mm-hmm. and that's why you can go and get a deal because nobody's moving there they're leaving manitoba 100%. and they're coming to ontario exactly so there's going to be a trade-off yeah so yeah you hit the burr you made a quick 40 grand but i just made 150 grand in appreciation in windsor yeah. but you didn't see it yeah because you you know you're trying to do you're one size. To fucking johnny asshole on fucking youtube <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and johnny's not wrong necessarily <laughs> yeah. he's just wrong for this market so he's, don't, he's wrong in a way that he's trying to indoctrinate people into like only using one that's strategy. the only way to that's do that's the it. fucking problem and he's and what's misleading about that is the fact that johnny asshole is is try, is not explaining to people what we're explaining is that it doesn't fucking work everywhere. Yes. So then when you got people that come to you and are like, I have to do this strategy, it's fucked up because it doesn't work here that great. Yeah. And, then the, and then and then Johnny asshole is essentially fucking those people up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're costing they're, they're, them money. Yeah, they're costing them. He's cost. costing them money. Yeah. That's the problem. So yeah, and if these people understood, just understand that the strategy is not flawed. It's it's applying <clears> it to every market. That's, yeah. the, that's the problem, especially when you don't have... When you're not doing the renovations yourself and you're trying to do a burr in a super hot market, you you can't, man. Sorry. It's like tough. your, your yeah. margins are too thin. Yeah. So you should you should have listened and, and just bought and held because yeah. the current market conditions right now in southwestern Ontario are are twenty percent appreciation a year. Yeah. Again, when that changes, I'll be the first one to change my strategy. Mm-hmm. And and I think people will come out and say, Oh, you you've changed you said this back in 2021 and I'm going to say, yeah, well, the market was different and yeah. I change when the market changes. 100%. And, and that's, that's, I think that that's a very key point for a very successful, you know, real estate operator or owner, business whatever. operator, like a business man, operator. You, yeah. you, you run, have to, you have to pivot. You pivot probably all the time, man. You have to, you literally have Hey, Dave. We pivot all the time. Like literally there is no one book there. You can't. And cause, cause if you do, if you don't, you're going to be left behind. You're, you're going to get up. fucked up. So, so I, I guess I'll give a people kind of like a, an idea into my, uh, my journey down this road is I've, I've pivoted multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I first started, um, back in the day buying for cash flow because the market was so shit. There was no appreciation. There was no reason to, 
I shouldn't say just cash flow, but it was more like a, like a value add, right? So I literally went in there and rehabbed the apartments, but they also cash flowed, right? So I rehabbed the apartments by myself, fucking hated it, okay? Like, just and, like and you. Let's talk, hold on, let, we gotta, people have to understand, in that market, you could go and negotiate. Oh, like, it was, it was easy. It was insane. That's the right play in yeah, that market. For sure. Yeah, you, you get something twenty k under market value because the guy needs to sell. It wasn't even that. It was like or fucking whatever. half. It, yeah. was, it was like literally like I was I was buying condos for like like anywhere from like twenty to fifty grand. It was crazy. Like my first yeah, great strategy like, for that market for sure. And then I would rehab them a little bit, pop them up on the market, get a little bit extra because they were renovated nicely or the same, but people wanted to be in my properties. So that that was that's the first round that I did. Then eventually I ended up just buying uh, property like over the first five years before like these massive appreciations started to come down the pipe here. What, what I, what I started doing was buying the, just buying single family homes, you know, uh, small multi-res and doing the exact same thing. It was mostly value add, mm. uh, because there was no appreciation play mm. at all mm. around here. Like literally zero. Mm. Okay. Nothing moved. It was still in the shit. Like and in that market, it's easier to buy. It's absolutely deals. like it's, for sure. You can wheel and deal. You can for put sure. in 50 offers on different things and wait till you get your way. It's a buyer's market. For sure. So, so that's what I did for a solid five years. And I, I played the value add card. Uh, and it worked great because like, yeah, like you said, there was nothing, there was no other option. No competition. There's no competition. You, you, you had to do that in order to create value. So then what happened? So, so the market started to shift. Then I started buying property that needed a little bit less, uh, value add little cosmetic little cosmetic shit because what would happen was the market was moving too fast that if i didn't do the small renos it would take me too long to to move with the market opportunity Does that make cost. sense? so there's an opportunity yeah. cost of shit taking too long like this fucked up burst strategies around here they, they take too long that's the fucking they problem it, yeah. they take way too long so, in a fast market, they do. In a fast moving market, yeah, yeah exactly. In the current by market the time, we're in right now, by the time you're done your burr, yeah, the market just appreciated fifteen percent. Exactly, and you wasted six months. Yeah, so you might as well just fucking buy something that doesn't need anything. You're gonna make the same amount of money. So, yeah. so that was my strategy. Then what ended up happening was I ended up getting to a point where residential stopped making the same returns for me, right? So what I ended up doing, well, and this was over the course of like probably at this point we're talking you know, eight years, maybe even up to, you know, 10 years where I still do buy residential, but nonetheless, like I ended up starting to buy large scale industrial property. Okay. And people have to understand too, your expected returns were much higher than, yeah. because the market was different. Exactly. Like you were probably talking 10% plus oh, cash yeah. on cash. Yeah, double, double percent return. Now, yeah. if you were to go in residential real estate market right now in Southwestern Ontario and try <laughs> to find something with a 10% cash on cash return with mm-hmm. little re- rehab or work, whatever, mm-hmm. You'd be sitting on the sidelines for, for sure. a long time. So exactly. you, in terms I, of single family, you would yeah, have to change your strategy. Sure. But what you did is, hey, I'm used to 10%. Yeah. I can't find it anymore. Yeah. Markets. So I'm going to pivot to. Exactly. So that, that's industrial. the point, right? Like, so I ended up pivoting to industrial. I ended up realizing that, okay, well, the re- residential market is like on fire. Okay. And I want 10% cash. I on want cash. 10% cash on cash. Office, sp- like, you know, e-commerce is putting office space out of work basically or not fully but it will eventually it's it's, it's becoming a uh it's a, a, a squeezed market uh segment and then retail commercial is also the same thing right so people still need to make stuff in places and the places that you make stuff is industrial so i realized that but when you when you have an exploding residential market usually industrial follows but follows maybe a year or two Yep, After, great point. Great right? point. Yep. So, so I ended up accumulating a bunch of industrial property, and lo and behold, industrial property skyrocketed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, well, what? Where can I pivot now? Mm-hmm. I can't pivot for the same type of return. So right now, I have purchased products for less return because that's the current market that we're in, and it's working. People and it need works. To, yep, it yep. works for and, different and, reasons. Yeah, and yep. and I, again, it's still cash flow. What I've done is I've gone, I've gone back into like heavy, heavy, heavy value add where I'm putting in apartment units. I'm developing commercial into residential. Mm-hmm. So now I've gotten my, my, my foot in the door where like we're doing developments, mm-hmm. uh, style real estate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, operations or whatever. So, so I've pivoted there. Okay. Well, I can't find anything else for 
a decent buck or whatever. Especially like the, some of these projects are going to take you a year. Like, for sure. For sure. Maybe more. Now, now here's the thing. I do have the wherewithal that if they do take that long, I, I can still keep going. Right. And that's the key. Most people can't, but yes, exactly. So that's I, a good I can, point. I, I have the wherewithal to do multiple types of, uh, yeah. projects at one yeah. time. If that project tied up all your capital for a year and a half, you, but you it's might want to rethink it for sure. Cause you're going to be on problem. the sidelines. Yeah. Time when yeah. I'm doing these projects too, one of the things that I established too is managing timelines mm-hmm. and expectations on the timelines. That's mm-hmm. very important because I don't want that shit to happen. Even still, there is an opportunity cost when I still have my money tied up. Yeah. Right. So even, even if I have money to do other things, that money being tied up at that point is still an opportunity cost. And it's Big very time. important to realize People that. People need to understand that. Exactly. So, so at this point now where I'm still, so now I've pivoted, I've pivoted to development. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know, I bought in some land, you know, uh, I can't develop it right now, but you know, maybe down the road I can. So, you know, now I'm like, okay, well, what can I buy now? It's very difficult to buy land, any kind of like development scenario. Mm-hmm. People are just fucking picking it up like, like left and right. Mm-hmm. Right. So what have I done? Okay. I can't get it around. I can't get anything around here that I like. Okay. Then I've pivoted to another country mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. gone to the U S mm-hmm. with Coachwood. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. People need to understand when, when they're developing a strategy, they need to understand a strategy that works for them mm-hmm. and understand um, how they can adapt to their hyper market that they're looking to invest in. And if they can't or, un, or are, are unwilling to adapt to their market, they need to leave they the market or they else, need yeah. to figure something out or change, change their strategy in that market. Mm-hmm. Because listening to fucking Johnny asshole all the time, one size fits all. Exactly. Yeah. It might end up hurting you. Yeah. So, the smartest real estate investors, I don't feel focus, hyper focus on one segment of real estate. If I did that, I would be much further behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is the reality of it. Mm-hmm. So I've always adapted. And this is the benefit of also not looking at real estate as an investor, but looking at it as a business because it doesn't matter what fits in your box. If something checks the box, then that's what you buy. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? If that box so it doesn't is, matter yeah. if it's office, retail, even though I don't like those two segments, industrial, residential, it doesn't matter. If it checks the boxes, it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's my perspective. It just needs to check the boxes. If it checks the boxes, I'll fucking buy the it. The business boxes. The business boxes, yeah. not the investment boxes, yeah. because when you have investment boxes, it limits you. It, it puts blinders on you mm-hmm. where, okay, I have this one strategy. I have to, the, the only strategy that this works with is like this specific type of real estate. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like dangerous. Gotcha. It's almost the same when this is another, you know, video or whatever, but it's almost the same when people ask me like about their passion, following their passion. If you try to follow your passion and only your passion, there might be an opportunity cost there. You might not make any money. You might not make anything or you might be extremely shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- that's the same kind of thing where people get wrapped up in the strategy and the type of real estate. And then they're, they're actually probably sac- leaving a lot of money on the mm-hmm. table, to be quite honest. Yeah. I, I think a good strategy would be, okay, which market do I want to invest in? Mm-hmm. Like, say if I said to myself, well, uh, I really like North Miami, right? Yeah. Cause you're looking at something North yeah. Miami. And why do I like North Miami? Well, they're trying to become the Bitcoin capital of the blah, blah, blah. That yeah. all this tech is coming in there, this and that, whatever. Okay. Well, what opportunities does North Miami offer right now? Right. If I believe in the long-term trajectory, okay, you're looking at a five and a half cap for large multi, or you can get a 6% cash on cash return for a single, mm-hmm. like I would learn that little market segment. And then I would just, I would just adapt to that market and I would go find a good deal and a yeah. good location in that market. Mm-hmm. If I was investing in Windsor, I would say, okay, well, what opportunities are in Windsor? I can buy this, that, whatever. Here's, here's the opportunities. This is the best strategy for that market. Not, I'm not going to go in there with the strategy and then try to fit it into that market. Yeah. I'm going to learn the market and then, yeah. and then figure out the right strategy for that market. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, for, for that, with respect to that, you know, I'm going into these other locations, into these, um, buying into these properties that they're, they're, they're more so like destination style properties, very good locations. I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more into the, a little bit less cash flow and very good locations because I want that massive appreciation and I want to skyrocket yeah. the now, portfolio. If you now. went into that location though and said, Hey, in North Miami, I need a 10% cash on cash return. You're well, gonna, you're not going to buy anything in North Miami. Now you might have, you to might to, buy something in North Miami, but it might be might a be fucking a, piece of shit. Location. It's going to for sure yeah. be not even might. It will be 
I agree. For sure. Now, what you might do is, well, if I want 10% cash on cash drink, I got to go to North Dakota in some yeah. small yeah. farm town. Now, that's fine, but it's not North Miami. No. And it's not going to have the same drivers that North Miami For will. For sure. North Dakota ain't going to be the Bitcoin capital of the no. U.S. or whatever the case yeah. is. So you might win on cash flow, but you're going to lose on appreciation. For and sure. that's fine. They're both good. But if I want to be in these prime markets, I need to adjust my strategy. Same with Southwestern Ontario. Southwestern Ontario is a prime market. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't look at Windsor as Windsor anymore. I look at it as Southwestern Ontario. Not enough houses. Very simple. So if I want to own something in Southwestern Ontario, I got to adjust my strategy to that market. If that market changes, I'll adapt with it and then I'll, I'll figure out a new strategy. I'll start burrowing or whatever the case is. I don't see that happening. Don't predict the future. Don't care. Yeah. Whatever the market gives me, let's roll. I'm ready. Yeah, right. For so, sure. so I, I think I, so this is a nice transition into, um, okay. So you've got your strategy. You understand the market or you got the right mindset. Uh, you've, you've established realistic timelines. You've developed a strategy. That you want to use for your market. for the market yep. that you're you in. Understand your market that you want to invest in. How the fuck are you going to get the money to do this? Oh, here's an idea: get a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so exactly. So, how many people come to you where they want to use other people's money, or they don't have any money, but they're a would-be investor or a hopeful yeah, it's, investor? It's, so, so it's quite a mix. Let's talk about yeah, this. it's quite a mix. Most of the people come to me, and they're they're, they're younger kids, and they actually have really good jobs. They're mm-hmm. ready. They have they have a mindset of an investor. They want to make moves. They make 150 grand a year. They're living frugally. They're doing the right things. Those people are on the right path. It's the ones that come to me and they immediately want to use other people's money. They immediately want a joint venture. They immediately want to flip and make a quick 50 grand and then go buy something. I'm like, well, even if you make 50 grand and then you go buy something, you're still at square one with one (laughs) property. If you could have just bought a property six months ago and then you could be working on your second property, but you did the flip and now you're, you you don't have any. Yeah. So it's that quick mindset. Yeah. That it's the wrong mindset that leads you to think that you're going to be able to do all these different things without working, like using other people's and, money. And, and here's the thing, and I don't mind. Here, here's why I don't mind that strategy, like the whole wholesaling strategy. I fucking can't stand that shit. But n- n- nonetheless, I know you don't like that shit either. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, if you do choose to pick a flip strategy or a wholesale strategy, that's fine, so long as you're you're. You're setting your sights on larger timelines. What I'm saying is usually they're not. For sure. Usually okay. the flip is is because of the wrong mindset. It, okay. It's not, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I get it. That's why. So so but the, the reason fl- why yeah. the so so the type of mindset that I feel like is important to have, like if you want to do the wholesaling and and uh and the flips and stuff like that, is if you don't have the money to buy the stuff that you want to hold or for long term or to really develop wealth and uh, develop this portfolio, you don't have the money. But you also have, but you might have the wherewithal to actually like accomplish a flip. So this isn't like, I'm not talking about somebody that's like, oh, okay, I watched a YouTube video and I'm going to do a flip and I have no skills. I don't know how to use a fucking drill. Like that's not an option for you. Okay. It's not a good option. Motherfucker, like do something else. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm talking about is if you do have the wherewithal or if you find a property, you don't have the money to maybe hold it or to get the financing, whatever you're 18 years old, 19 years old, but you do have the ability to go out there and find deals and just assign them and wholesale them to actually develop the but here's the problem to let's develop say, let's, the cash flow let's to say, be able to do stuff down the road. I don't mind that. Sure, strategy. but let's say you go do a flip and you make forty grand mm-hmm. and you don't have a job. Who's gonna lend you money? No, no, that's not exactly for right? sure. Like yeah. you need a fucking job. Like yeah. what I'm saying is is like you can do those type of things, but typically if you have the money to do a flip you, you have the money the to just buy the property. Yeah. So there might yeah. be instances the flip, where... Yeah, the flip isn't wrong. The flip's yeah. like, you can make 50... I've, I just saw somebody make 150 grand on a flip. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. but it doesn't help you long term because no. you're you're leaving typically a lot of money on the table. I'm, more, I'm referring to people that are younger. And beginners, yeah. Beginners yeah, that might not have maybe the credit, the, the wherewithal to actually accomplish this yeah. thing. So what are the options now mm-hmm. to get the money? The number one quickest way to actually get the money to do what we're talking about is get a fucking job and save the money to be able to put on a down payment to start your investing or to start your real estate business. That's it. Not having a job with a decent income is going to be your biggest hurdle to building a portfolio when you're you're starting out. For sure. Because nobody's going to lend you any money. Of course. It's all debt service ratio. And, And typically, how many years do you need? At like, least two. You need two years. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that like, if you want to build a portfolio, your job is your best tool. Like, I don't yeah. care. No. Go do a hundred flips. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to lend you any money to For hold sure. any properties. That's that's the problem. You have to flip until you die. For sure. And maybe you hate your fucking job. Mm-hmm. That's okay too. That's too. That's okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't like their fucking job, mm. but use your job as a mechanism to fund your goals. Mm. That's what a, a lot of people, and that's part of the the whole mindset thing. I think as well, I can go all the way back to like step one in in terms of mindset is develop a different mindset surrounding your job. Stop thinking about, I got to get the fuck out of this job and do something else or start my real estate business or whatever. Stop that. Flip the mindset. Flip the mindset in a sense of, okay, I I'm, need I'm a going, job to buy real estate. Exactly. I need a job to buy real estate and I'm and going to, I'm, go, I'm going to accept the fact that I hate my fucking job. We all do things we don't fucking like. I do it every day. Accept Same. the fact that you don't like the job, but you're going to use the job to your advantage. You're going to leverage it. Mm-hmm. So you need to leverage your job as a, as, as, as some like leverage it as like, you know, you, everybody wants to talk about like OPM and everything. Okay. That could be your OPM. Yeah, it you is. You know what I mean? Like for, it's your boss's money. Yeah. Like fucking use your boss's yeah. money to buy your shit. Yeah. That's it. Like get a fucking job yeah. and to get, like o- stop thinking about quitting your job <laughs> and Just use about, it. Hey, here's an idea. Think about getting a promotion <clears throat> so you can make more money to show there the bank go. that you have a higher income to get more uh, money. Link over to how to get a promotion at work. Love it. Yeah. Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, go work overtime. Work, yeah. work, grind your ass off for four or five years. For sure. Use that time to build, buy real estate. That's a great tool. It's your best tool. For sure. And you have to understand too, if you're doing flips and if you're out there wholesaling, that is a job. Yeah. You might be putting in more hours than you would be at your regular job. I, I, I would bet it, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't think people look at that as a job, but it is. It is it for is. sure. And, and this is where like, you know, and, and again, even, even owning real estate is a job mm-hmm. too. This mm-hmm. is why I don't like the word passive. Mm-hmm. I ended up chewing somebody out on a call the other, on a call or maybe like in DMs, he's got like 14 units or whatever. And he keeps on telling me, he kept on telling me, he's like, you know, I want to have uh what was it? $50,000 in passive income per month. And I'm like, motherfucker, you, you like $50,000 in passive income. Do you know how many units that is? Like, that's a lot like i've yeah where am i right now i don't even know where i am right now to be honest with you because i don't okay so it doesn't matter i'm probably i don't even know how many hundreds of units but at the end of the day sure maybe it's there but like this is so not passive like my real estate business i i okay i have two managers fuck four two I have two main managers and then they manage two other people. Okay. So I have four managers for my real estate. I have one full, two full-time maintenance guys. Okay. And like literally, and I have a crew. Okay. Like a construction crew. I work with like multiple people, but we have our own trades. Like it's, it's, it's so well oiled right now, but I'm still every fucking day mm-hmm. at this shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's so not passive. So like, I think it's hilarious when people are like, oh, I'm talking about it's going to be passive. Like, it's not passive. It's really just what, not. Was his timeline real? Like 50,000 units by He didn't one. give me like a timeline. He didn't give me a timeline, but uh, it was the same. Atta- and, I, and, I, and I ended up talking to him and he was like, he was very understanding that, okay, yeah, he, he understood. Like, the problem is, is people don't have the opportunity to talk to people with comparable portfolios of where they want to get to. And they think it's something different. Yeah. It's not different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I could, I could be, I could have it completely passive, probably if I wanted to, but it would cost me a shit ton of and money. Would eat your profits. And the overall por- profitability of the portfolio would be probably pretty slim because yeah. you'd need another one of me. You'd need another one of Dave. You'd need another Clark. Mm-hmm. Like you would need, you know, three other people that would end up costing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars extra. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not passive if you want to make money to, uh, you know, these guys that are running like these massive funds and, and they have like all kinds of like, you don't, you think, what do you think they do like all yeah. day? Like, you don't think that they're like, yeah, they're, just, just because you see video of them or whatever on like a golf course or trying to like paint this other picture. I, I don't believe them. I well, think they're fucking trying to sell you something and yeah. it's not unrealistic. It's a different, I guess it's a different type of work. You're not, I don't have to go to the property. No, anymore, exactly. But I'm still managing the managers and the team and I'm still at the top and I'm still, I'm on the golf course, but I'm getting calls. And that's fine. Like yeah. th- that's a great, that's a great life. That mm-hmm. sounds like a great yeah. life. It's not for me. I like to be like in the mix of mm-hmm. it. Maybe that's why, you know, things kind of move a little quicker. Definitely. But for me, but at the end of the day, you know, manage that, like understand. Okay. Well, if I want to do that, like, how do I actually accomplish that? Like, manage the timeline. 
like manage the expectation of the timeline, right? Like, so, and, and then man, and, and then understand the fact that like, if you want it to be passive, you have to bring in people that are going to allow it to not be passive because it does, it just doesn't like run itself. Mm-hmm. Like no business like runs itself. And that again, let's talk about the fact that when you, when these people refer to like passive real estate investments, they again think, oh, we're just going to get like a tenant in there. And then when they, you know, they leave, it's going to be fine. I'm just going to like, you know, mm-hmm. slap some or call up a fucking painter and slap some paint. It doesn't work like that. It, it's it's a lot more intense. It, it's it's a lot more involved. And people need to understand, you know, they, they need to understand that. They need to understand like how involved. Yeah, change the definition is. of passive. Like it's actually not like, I don't know. It's, I like managing my real estate. I like finding deals. I like real estate. It's, it's passive relative to my job. I don't have to go yeah. to work 40 hours a week, but I'm still dealing with stuff, but yeah. I like it. Like I like yeah. managing that. It's mine. It's my job. It's my business. That's my business. Yeah. I don't, the thing I hated about my job is, is I'm going to work for somebody else. Yeah. I think people will find that when you have your own real estate, you're not going to mind really dealing with the stuff because it's big money and it's long-term wealth and uh, it's yours and it's like taking care of your baby. Yeah. But it's not going to be just say I'm, I'm a millionaire and everything no. run, runs so, itself. So I, so I, I, I fucking hate that side of things. Like I fucking hate managing my property. Like, oh well, yeah, a massive like, portfolio. So, so, so yeah. So, so you know, I, when I, when I was available, but I even started, I started hating it. Like when I started, I also hated it. It's not like I started hating it mm-hmm. all of a sudden. No, from the beginning, I fucking hated it. From the beginning, I fucking hated doing uh, renos. I hated doing maintenance and I hated managing my properties. Fucking can't, couldn't stand it. But I did it because I had a long-term vision that I'm going to get to the portfolio to a certain perspe- a certain point where I can bring in people to take care of the shit that I hate. Mm-hmm. And I'm maybe arguably not even good at. So... That's all arguably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. not bit. actually. So, um, so that, that's what, I, that's, that's what I did. And that was managing. Okay. I had, a, you know, say a 10 year goal of, okay, I want to get the portfolio to the perspective or the point of I could, you know, start peeling myself away and bring people in that could actually do the things that mm-hmm. I don't like to do. And, uh, I, I did it. Um, yeah, I guess I like managing the portfolio and finding deals. I don't like going to fix. I love finding like that's yeah, that's that's that's, the, that's, the, that's, al- that's like the ultimate, like the art of the deal. Fucking it's love best, it. Yeah. It's it's the best. So, um, I think we I think we should sum it up, man. So so I think uh, beginner investors listen for beginning and just for beginner up, yeah. investors managing expectations is ultra important. Step one. Step one. Realistic expectations. So 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 step one of managing expectations is. Developing a mindset, the typically proper mindset. Long term. Yeah, typically long term and thinking about it as a business rather than a passive investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, realistic timelines. Developing a strategy that works for you as well as the market and the market conditions of where you want to invest. Love it. Love it. And funding. You need to figure out where your the money is coming mm-hmm. from. And the easiest way to get the money especially as a beginner yeah especially as a beginner is get a fucking job you have no connections you have no skill and work for it yeah period yeah awesome done